Welcome to the Kata Brothers Travel Club, a travel podcast where we explore some of the best destinations through interesting stories from locals and people that have had meaningful experiences around the world. We started this podcast to connect with friends, both old and new, to learn important lessons through traveling. We hope you get as much out of these adventures as we do. Before we get started, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify, so you're always notified when new episodes drop, and so you're officially a member of the Travel Club. Now, grab your passport, because we got a flight to catch. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Kata Brothers Travel Club. Happy holidays. We're going into the Christmas spirit and uh, we just finished Hanukkah. Uh, we had a wonderful festival of lights. Bren, did you have a, a good Hanukkah and, and are you looking forward to Christmas now? I had a pretty uh, eventful Hanukkah just because it fell right during finals. Okay. But, um, taking a break away from studying to, uh, to light the candles each night with Danielle was kind of a nice like calm down for me each night. So it was, it was a really nice Hanukkah. Um, and now finals are over and I have uh, Christmas to look forward to and seeing you guys to look forward to. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. That's right. We're going to be traveling um, into San Diego, which is kind of right now a COVID hot zone, uh, California in general. Going to be uh, obviously masked up. Uh, looking forward to that vaccine, but I won't have it before we get out there. So we're going to be hunkered down in uh, California, in San Diego at our parents' house. But I'm looking forward to having a lot of time to just uh, hang out with you and the other Kata boys and uh, talk about our, our travel bucket list for, uh, for 2021 uh, once we all get that shot. You know, speaking of travel bucket lists, we have a banger episode for you all today. It's a little long because we could not stop chatting with our uh, new friend. So let's get right into it. Our interview with Nikola Kostic. Uh, amazing traveler, amazing adventurer. I know a lot of the things that he's going to talk about today are uh, going on my bucket list. They certainly did, and hopefully they uh, fill our listeners as well. And so without further ado, here's Nicola. Nicola, thank you so much for joining the Kata Brothers Travel Club. We are so happy to uh, have you on the show today. I want to let everybody know that uh, this is one of those special guests that has reached out to us uh, via social media. And that's how we connected. And uh, that is like to us, one of the most, uh, one of our favorite ways to connect with somebody because that already tells us that, you know, we believe in the same idea of connecting the world through travel. We love adventure. Um, so it's anyways, it's just so great to talk with you. Can you introduce yourself to the audience and uh, tell us where you're living right now? Uh, first of all, thank you so much for, for inviting me to the show because I mean, every, every time you reach you know, to people, you're like, oh my God, that's just so self-conscious. But, you know, it's the way to do it, I guess, you know, like when the when the minds are, you know, like going in the same same direction. Uh, my name is Nikola Kostic. I'm, uh, I'm a photographer. I live in Bali and I've been living in Bali since 98. You know, uh, I, I started my journey in, uh, in Eastern Europe, in, uh, in Yugoslavia. And, uh, and then that country was in the news in the 90s, you know, wars and all that stuff. Uh, I was a musician there. Uh, my band was kind of like climbing up, you know, like this ladder of stuff. So, so I had a very uh, undeserved uh, uh, gigs, you know, like I, I played like, I don't know, three, 3,000, 5,000 people play the stadium once, which was incredible. 
And then uh, life kind of fell apart, realized that, you know, like stuff in Serbia are not going to be enough for me. And uh, I was pretty fortunate to have my uncle who lived in Bali for good, I don't know, 10, 15 years before that. He kind of like brought me over. And then I spent, you know, like next 18 years here uh, photographing uh, uh, stuff, put literally camera in my hand took me like a week to figure out where the on button is and then when I figured that one out you know like took another month to take a let's say semi-decent photo and and then it took off I like to call this you know like realize the dreams that I didn't even have you know like mm-hmm. just by doing photography you know like I I, I photographed uh, it's a normal story you know like from from no money you know like to and, and, and horrible jobs to, you know, like some money and, you know, end up photographing hotels and yachts and, and, and villas and uh, pretty much anything. And I was really lucky in, in that sense because Bali was coming up when I was coming up. Mm-hmm. There's not too, too much competition. And then I, I met my wife through this, you know, like she was, you know, she built this boutique hotel that had a restaurant. We started working together uh, then she built this beautiful boat i was photographing that too and then after maybe seven eight years we got together bali was kind of like finished for us you know in in that particular moment mm-hmm. in life uh, it was time to move on then we took off made this uh, uh, book, book book company you know publishing house sorry oh, cool. and uh, and we 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 then took off traveled for about two and a half three years nonstop. i mean i'm talking you know like uh, somebody on the on, on this uh, airbnb built something you know because of us you know? <laughs> we were like you know we changed i don't know 150 apartments in 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 uh, in two and a half years no then way. we arrived to yeah we we arrived to moscow uh, and we were planning to go to Japan to do Tokyo and Kyoto book. My wife felt a little bit kind of iffy, you know, like what's happening. Went to a doctor. She was pregnant. <laughs> uh, Tokyo and uh, Tokyo and then Kyoto were like kind of like bye bye. But we were kind of like we don't want to be in Moscow, so we were look, looking the place to hatch. We realized <laughs> that we want to do a Barcelona book. We did the Barcelona book about Barcelona and uh, we kind of decided to live in Spain in Barcelona. And it was kind of like this, you know, when you're traveling so much, like, let's do one more. We did a, a book about Lisbon and within like three days being in Lisbon, we we're like, okay, Portugal, this is where we're living. Uh, so we lived there, there for a year. That was amazing i mean this is like one of my favorite places in europe and then uh, um she wanted to build another boat we couldn't do it in portugal we moved to greece for about two years and then decided that bali <laughs> is the best <laughs> place uh, i mean it took the whole world pretty much to arrive to uh to to a place uh, where we where we actually started from so we've been here for like eight months, you know, like uh, this COVID time was spent there. We literally barely, barely got out of Europe. I mean, it was mm. an insane story. We were in Holland. My sister is a modern dance choreographer. So I was shooting uh, her show. And that's where this thing hit. Uh-huh. Our daughter had three months on her passport, meaning that you cannot travel. You have to, you know, like uh, renew the passport. We went to Serbia. We got in. My ru- wife is Russian, right? That night, they closed the borders. So essentially, we, if you arrived, yeah, tomorrow, she could not keep, come in. <laughs> oh, my God. And then very next day, 
we went and had some connections, you know, like to, to do the passport in one day, which is just not done in, uh, uh-huh. in Serbia. It's just like we do the passport for, for Alexa. That night, they closed, they shut down the governmental thing, all of that stuff. <laughs> the next day, we go to Bali and we kind of like arrived and it's like, oh my God, man. And now looking back, I mean, like we could have easily, you know, stayed in Serbia and that would be not, I mean, I mean, Bali and Belgrade. I mean, it's just, you cannot, <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a uh, thing. So that's kind of like a bullet point, you know, the bullet points of, of, of my life uh, so far, you know. No, so, that's, uh, that is incredible. That is incredible. And when we connected on the phone the other day, just to do a little introduction, and we, we talked about just the potential for how many episodes of Travel Club you could be on. I mean, this is just like, it illustrates it so well, because You've just been everywhere and it's, it's, it's actually incredible. And, and one of the things that I, I really want to know, and I mean, besides the necessity uh, during the, the conflicts that were happening in, in Serbia and Yugoslavia, you know, what is the origin story of, of Nikola? What, what drove you to want this life of adventure? Because you could have just settled in Bali and been done with it, but what was that moment where you needed to see more? Well, I mean, it was literally like I was running away. I mean, like, you know, let me clarify that. I did not have any of these dreams. I, I, I wasn't dreaming of travel. It, it just wasn't in my surroundings. You know, my parents are like, you know, middle class and all of that. So, so when, I'm, when you start life in Eastern Europe and your salary is, let's say, $150, $200 a month, good luck traveling. If you're starting from, you know, like, I mean, like, yeah, it's how long it's going to take you to save, I don't know, 2,000, 1,000, 5,000, whatever you, you need to, you feel that it's kind of like, you know, good to travel. When you start from, you know, like first world country, I mean, you get a summer job and off you go, you can travel, I mean, you can, you can save, you know, so, so, so this type of thing, I mean, I was really lucky, you know, like to have an uncle who wanted to take me in and you know like to care to care of me really for like a year or, or so when I got you know you just you know when you move not a country but a continent you're mm-hmm. just like there's nothing that, that is even similar to from Serbia to, to to Bali I mean it's just completely different I would say that I was I was predominantly lucky to have all of these experiences you know like I mean and I was literally running away. My, my, my band recorded an album. I, I had a, this pretty good job, you know, like in, in the newspaper. Uh, I had a girlfriend, you know, it was kind of like this summer where everything kind of comes in, you know, like, and we were like recording with our producer was one of the most famous drummers in, in, in Serbia, you know, like he was kind of like, he wanted to produce one song and he heard 10 songs. It's like, I'm doing the whole fucking album. I mean, and you're like... <laughs> Wow, I mean, I mean, I was looking at this guy watching his concert, and all of a sudden you're in the room with this guy. Awesome. And then, literally, three months later, two band, band members went to Greece to work for the summer. There was a manager who offered us a little tour, but we didn't have two guys. I, I was fired from my job, uh, broke up with a girlfriend. My band was not functioning, and that was like, <laughs> and that was that happened in three days. <laughs> Wow. In three three days. So you're like, okay, so the, so then I kind of like got the job in cleaning the gym. And I'm like, fuck, I mean, I'm, I recorded this thing with this guy and I was just not patient. You know, like when you're 24, you're just patience. You shouldn't be patient. 
And, uh, and then I kind of like slowly realizing that even if I get to a places, you know, like the rock and roll in Serbia, I mean, who cares? <laughs> like, I mean, you really kind of like have to, uh, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta sing in English period for, for rock and roll to happen. I mean, like, you know, there are so many people like, you know, listen to this Polish band. I mean, they're amazing. They, they sound like Nirvana, but in Polish. <laughs> That's not cool. That is just not cool. But the words are amazing. I don't care. I just don't care. And that was the moment where I was like debating, should I stay, should I go, should I stay? I picked up the phone. My uncle was calling and I was like, man, can you take me out of here? Three hours later, I had a ticket. Wow. And he was coming back probably in a month. He took me over and I kind of like never looked back. So there was no intent, really, no plan, no nothing, you know, but it was just kind of like pure, I can't, I, I, I don't think that, uh, that this place will offer me the life that I want to. I kind of like knew that instinctively, not intellectually, mm-hmm. because I didn't know anything about the world. I mean, before, before age of 24, I, I went to Romania and Greece. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I mean, then you start meeting backpackers, you know, like, you know, from Australia, from there. It's like, dude is 21 and he'd been to 47 countries. And then that bug kind of like, you know, is put in, into your brain. And then you start going in and realizing uh, trips, some by pure accident, some by desire, some by, you know, like wanted to photograph certain things. I mean, one of the greatest stories, like my, my buddy and his uh, girlfriend rented this, uh, at least the boat for, let's say six years, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm doing whatever I can, you know, like I'm photo- doing photography, websites, like everything that I could. And we're drinking one night and we're like, yeah, we rented this boat. I mean, you're taking photographs, come with us. So I spent like, you know, all together, uh, the first trip was in Komodo. The second trip was was uh, in uh, in Alor, which is you know like just the uh, the, the western side of of uh, of Indonesia to Bali, and then you have Komodo, and then Flores, and then Alor, and then the third trip was all the way uh, to West Papua. Wow. So this was like my, I didn't really plan this. I mean, I never planned to dive. I mean, my seventh dive in my life, I was, I was surrounded with hammerhead sharks. I mean, <laughs> that is really something I didn't plan, you know, like I wanted to do it, but, uh, you know, and then I realized I love sharks. I'm not afraid of sharks, uh, which is stupid. But, uh, you know, well, I mean, when you live the story, it's like, we're always a little bit bragging, you know, like with these, you know, danger stories. I mean, everybody are kind of like, well, I did this, you know. Uh, But then, you know, I I was fascinated with sharks, you know, like, and it was kind of like, you know, I I went up and I was like, I want to die with great whites, you know, and and all of these (laughs) divers, professional divers, like, shut up, man. I mean, like, are you out of your mind? If you survive danger, I mean, you're a, you know, like not, not, not a hero, but you have a bragging rights. If you don't survive, you're just stupid. You know, like, so, so, so it's like this, this thing of like, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. And That's then I awesome. married a, a girl who built the boat. It, this is not planned. I mean, this was, uh, you cannot plan this. I mean, it, it, it sounds like as much as it's not planned, but at the same time, you've made 
such great decisions that have put you on this road of adventure. And, and I think that one of the big ones, it sounds like, was being able to end up in Bali. So my, my brother has a question about what makes that place so special, Brent? Oh, so there are a few people that we've talked to that um, have lived in Bali for a time and chosen to spend a good amount of time there. Mm-hmm. And um, we've heard it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But we want to know what makes it such a compelling place to live and to, to settle down. This is coming from 20 years of living here and having this conversation with a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, it's because Bali has nothing the best. Like there's nothing that is best. The, 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 the beaches are not that great. There's amazing jungle. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's incredible. Uh, you have volcanoes. You have the surf, which is a big draw for Bali because you can surf 10 months a year. You know, that, that is a massive draw for, I mean, a lot of people, you know, like I spent probably three months, you know, when I was kind of like going for photography, I spent three months on the beach photographing this, this group of surfers, you know, like in, in, there was a swell that was 18 feet, 20 feet, uh, that, that just, you know, one of the, you know, key moments of my life, you know, and it was kind of like the moment when I decided I'm going to go for photography, you know, like I'm, fo- I'm photographing this thing. Yeah, I don't know, like seeing a, a, a 20 feet wave is, is pretty special. It's incredible. So Bali has nothing the best. What I think the Bali has is the name. The name is the coolest name on the planet, Bali. <laughs> you cannot, there's nothing cooler than that. Vietnam, Laos, uh, Hawaii, uh, Nepal, blah, blah, blah. It's Bali. When you say it, it's just kind of like, it just rolls off your tongue. And it is, inc- I mean, it is, don't get me wrong, it is an incredible place. It is uh, for the first timers. But Bali also has a traffic that, that is that is like I, I guess LA, you know, like uh, you're sitting wow. in a car. I mean, friends of mine were coming to uh, to the party uh, in our place. Essentially, they're ten minutes away. They were in the car for one and a half hours before this thing hit. So, so you have this massive amount of uh, uh, people and traffic in a very tiny area of Bali. You go half an hour from there, everything is just you know like it was pretty much you know, hundred years ago. So you have this kind of like uh, amazing restaurants. It, I think that the restaurants and that scene, and I was, I was working as a, as a photographer. I, I did a lot of uh, food photography. Restaurants are second to none. I mean, it's just incredible because Bali is this multicultural place, but Bali does have overall amazing vibe, amazing people. I mean, people are, are really, really special here. You know, like it's a very safe place. You know, the craziest thing happened. It was years ago. I was in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we're talking about I was lost in the jungle, right? And I found this road and there is a guy coming out of the jungle, like the old Balinese guy. And he has a Kurt Cobain t-shirt. <laughs> And like, how the hell, like, how did Nirvana migrated into, you know, like this place? I mean, this is incredible. So, so, you know, it's like a lot of people are coming in and out. A lot of people are, are very happy. It's a great jumping off place. You know, like Bali is like a super jump, jump off place because the, the airport is, is, uh, is now great. It's new. Uh, it's connected to many, many things. You know, Singapore is one and a half hours uh, from here, from Singapore. It's the best airport on the planet and i think yeah. most connected 
So you can really jump off, you know, like the Southeast Asia and all that stuff. You know, then then there is, you know, like you can go to Komodo, you can go to Flores, Salor, then we, uh, Western Papua, uh, Papua New Guinea. You know, Australia is very close. You know, like so all of these uh, places that are very interesting for me. You know, like I, I tend to gravitate towards those places are are really kind of like a, a plain ride. You know, so so um, yeah. Overall, it's a, it's a very interesting uh, place. Indonesia is is amazing country. You know, Indonesia really has a lot to offer. You know, from some of the best diving to you know like ring of fire volcanoes to mm-hmm. to incredible landscapes and, and and all that stuff. And the culture is insane. I think that that is why. But predominantly, it's the coolest name in the world. <laughs> it's just that. you cannot you cannot be that name you just get the find one think of one burma is also you know like it's one of my favorite countries definitely you know like any does sound cool however they change burma to myanmar yeah. like that is the most horrific change man i mean like you had the coolest <laughs> name ever ever and now you're calling it this i mean i i'm with you i mean i'm with you yeah. But man, that's just not cool. Me, I'm a, it's like, who the, it's like Burma, man. Like, um, and I, you know, I apologize to, you know, Burmese and all that freaking joke, but, uh, you know, like, yeah. Uh, so you're, that's you're it. saying you're, you're with the movement, but they could have used a little bit of better marketing. <laughs> 100%, man. 100%. You know, speaking of that, you've, you've hit on a bunch of topics that we always like to visit when we're on our uh, on our podcast. The Cotter Brothers Travel Club believes in these four pillars of experiences to really understand a culture, but also that you need to have on a trip or, or as you travel. And so you've been talking about the uh, the, the food photography, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's one of the pillars. Food is, is a pillar. The, the drinks and the and nightlife is a is a critical pillar. Uh, the culture itself, understanding the culture itself, that's one of the pillars. And then outdoors, as you as you've already mentioned, swimming with sharks and you know that that's something that we're looking for as we adventure out. And hopefully, as soon as we can get out of here again, we'll be uh, experiencing all those things once more. So we're gonna ask you a couple questions, and you can just pull from your bank of experiences and knowledge about the world. Or you can uh, hone in on on something in Bali, whatever whatever feels right to you. Um, sure. So we're going to ask you about some of these things. And and one of the first things that we always start at, and and right when you get off a plane, the first thing you got to do is get some food in your su- stomach. So we have to ask nope. because you've been no. Well, wait, hold on. Okay, smoke a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> that is the that is the ritual. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, the first thing I always do is grab a beer, but uh, I yeah. feel like it, we've, we've been doing this for so long now that we have to say that line. <laughs> but let me, let me ask you this, let me ask you this, because you've been to so many places and you've obviously seen a lot of food and captured a lot of food. What city stands out to you as the best culinary destination in the world? Uh, uh, oh man, that's that's a difficult one because I mean there there there's so many different types of of, of food. You know, it, it's just a very uh, very very uh, uh, personal experience. Subjective, you know. Like number one, wherever we are, that's where the best kitchen is. You know, like our <laughs> our home is pretty much like I can name probably thirty meals, uh, and pretty much all of them are home. Uh, that's great. You know, I mean. Hong Kong is in, 
incredible city for, for food. I mean, like it just, it says everything. It's like, uh, you know, it's, just, it's, it's incredible. I had some of the best restaurants on the planet are, are in Moscow and St. Petersburg. I mean, awesome. It, I've it heard is, that. It, it is incredible. I followed this group of, of Americans, right? Who visit, like that was my first time in Moscow too. I had no interest going to Russia, and then I married a Russian, so I went. <laughs> it was one of the biggest cultural shocks of my life. That city is so big. Moscow mm-hmm. is 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 so unbelievably large. Like you know how you know European cities have probably one square, you know, like and then that's the main square. Well, Moscow have like seventeen of those. It's just like, I mean, it's it's stunning, you know. So so the food there was was uh, uh, truly special. I mean, the restaurants and all that. And then you have these kind of like layers of of what you can afford. Mm-hmm. You know, like I will never forget uh, a, a slice of pizza that I had uh, uh, in uh, in Venice with my brother, because I mean, it's uh, it's not that the pizza was amazing, but <laughs> but the feeling of it. I mean, like it's more like the feeling of of something, and then it just kind of like goes and rolls from there. You know, like I never been to the J- Japan. I, I think that that would that would resonate with me because I, I love you know like sushi and all of that stuff and you know like Japanese cuisine is is, is incredible, unforgettable experiences were were in Vietnam with with my wife these little you know like places you know like uh, the, the chairs are like you know for children you know like they're, they're I don't know thirty <laughs> centimeters from from the ground so so I've been thinking every place is really 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 special when it, when it comes to food there's every single place that i visited like momos in nepal you know like it's it's a dumpling you know but you're looking at himalayas man it's like wow you know bali like i said is is pretty much really high up on on my list of of uh, of this food experience it's it's really really special i mean because of all of these people coming in and and bringing their food you know like uh, from their countries you have mm-hmm. moroccan restaurants i mean you had i think uh, there was some obscure African country. I, I cannot remember now, but like, just like Zimbabwean food. It is incredible because I mean, so many people are coming here, opening up restaurants, their own, own food, their, their own stuff. So, so I like the places that offer that type of uh, experience for the people, you know, like the experience yeah. that, that is kind of like, you know, multicultural. Mm-hmm. I like Anthony Bourdain said, I mean, like, if you don't risk a bad meal, you will never get a good one. You know, like if you go, and, <laughs> you know, go to Thailand, Jesus Christ. I mean, I forgot Thailand, you know, but I mean, I also went to McDonald's in Thailand. I wanted a big, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it's just kind of like, it doesn't make any sense because I mean, like right there is, is like the best food on the planet. But for that reason, this was like, I don't know for what reason, really. Uh, it was like, uh, yeah, I want a Big Mac. Unless you're really kind of stuck in this kind of thing of like, well, I, I don't need this food, you know, like that's just, you know, street food is, is incredible. I mean, you're mm-hmm. risking, you know, quite a lot in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gastric, gastric integrity. Well, look, man, I mean, like if you have two weeks and you're spending a week on a toilet, you know, like it's like, <laughs> mm, man, that's, that, that ain't good. That's not good. You know, like I was lucky to kind of like go through India experience without any problems. I mean, like nothing. Yeah. But I know people who landed in India, ate something, any country for that matter. You just, I mean, I was poisoned in Argentina. 
in Buenos yeah. Aires. I got food poisoning mm. that was some kind of like a secret place that they like to do. And then like, you know, the, 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 the chefs kind of come together. You go into somebody's apartment, the oh, chefs yeah. and all that. You're having this experience, right? Oh my God, man. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. That was something that I will never forget. You know, like you just, I couldn't find the good meat in Argentina, for example. I was in Buenos Aires, could not find the good meat. And that was one of the reasons we were going there, you know, to yeah. taste this famous Argentinian stuff. But I think overall, Australia would be the best place. Wow. If you're a meat, if you're a meat eater, uh, okay. uh, Australians are, are uh, everybody are kind of like, yeah, you should try barbecue. That's like, everybody has the best barbecue. So far, it's Australia. I'm kind of thinking that Texas could be correct. Wow. That's a Texas pretty, that's a pretty be, great endorsement. High praise. Well, I never, look, I never tried it, but so oh. many people are talking about this, this, uh, <laughs> this, uh, the, you know, Texas and, and, and that barbecue. I'm thinking that there must be something there, you know, so uh, it's, there we, must be. We, we just recently had an Aussie on our, uh, on our podcast and, and he spoke very highly of the barbecue that like, as that being his food memory, much like what you're saying about it being the environment and the people that you're with. All of his stories was about being outside in the backyard with his family and barbecuing. It seems like it's a, a big part of the Australian culture too. That's great. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's part of every culture. I mean, like mm -hmm. every culture has has the has the barbecue culture is everywhere. I mean, it's just you know you're grilling the meat with people you love. That that is the bottom line. You will never have this amazing experience in some sterile place. You know, like uh, right. It just uh, it just does not happen. Yeah. I, that, that's amazing. I, I completely agree. I, I, do, I do want to ask, though, because I've always heard that Moscow is, is one of the food capitals of the world, probably one of the like, hidden gems, it, at least for Americans, I would say. Like, oh, yeah. we, don't know, we don't know how great that place is as a food capital. But did you have uh, beluga caviar? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, caviar is, is amazing. I mean, it's just, you know, like, uh, uh, black caviar is... Jesus. I mean, the, the first time I tried it was a couple of years ago. Again, my wife, her mom brings, you know, like now she's coming like in two weeks. So we're like, oh my God, bring it on. Uh, but the problem with black caviar is that, you know, like you need to kill somebody, you know, because the prices are insane. Yes. You know, very few people can actually afford this. Uh, a red caviar, on the other hand, is amazing. Okay. You can get kind of like, it's not expensive you know like in in as black caviar obviously but you know like you you, you hit some red caviar that is incredible and then you hit some that is just not very good <laughs> just I see. Like, oh my god i mean like maybe 16 you know like spoons of salt were not necessary in this uh you know <laughs> so, so yeah it is it, it is one of my favorite foods and the funny story about black caviar especially, they ate it all. They literally, ate, my wife was telling me in Russia, there was no variety of eating stuff when she was growing up, you know, like I mean, it was like 30 something years ago. So, so their parties were like buckets of black caviar. Like I'm talking buckets and champagne. And <laughs> now that sounds, that sounds so like, oh my God. I mean, like, you know, that's like, this, this is literally thousands of dollars now, but it was yeah. just there. 
So I, I, I really blame Russians because I, I, they, they, they ate it all. <laughs> Just like, because there was nothing else. There was really like, I mean, I was growing up in communism in, in Yugoslavia. She was growing up in communism in, in Russia. When I'm hearing stories from Russia, it's like, oh my God. You poor people. <laughs> it was just. Uh, it was. It was. It's interesting. You know, I. I, I had no idea. So that's so, um, that's so interesting. All they had was, was caviar and champagne. That's that's crazy. Well, kind of like you know wine. This. I mean, just kind of uh, you know the stores were just empty. You know, like I mean, you know, so, so, and now it's just uh, oh my god, you have everything. I mean, the culture itself is is next to none. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an incredible place. I mean, I, I highly recommend if, if anybody is looking for European cities, uh, that is the one to see. You know, Rome is definitely, you know, it's the king of, of, uh, of cities. My favorite city is Amsterdam. Uh, my favorite country is Holland, but I have connections there. My sister lives there for like 20 mm-hmm. years. I have a lot of people. You know, it's, it's very multicultural. Dutch are my experience has been nothing but the best about uh, this place, you know. Those are great recommendations, yeah. Talking about the caviar and the champagne also, not to, not to go back too long, but it, it does kind of lead us into our second pillar. My brother has a couple questions about uh, other experiences besides that one when it comes to nightlife and experiencing, because that's a large part of the culture too. Uh, it's not the, the museums and the galleries that you can go to during the day are, are amazing oh, and important. But once the sun sure. goes down, then <laughs> you start to really see some of the personality of a city. Oh yeah, 100%. So we wanna know, I'm sure this one will be just as difficult to answer as the, the cuisine one, but what are some cities that stand out to you as destinations for nightlife, drinking, bars uh, that you loved? Here's the thing, I mean, I was never a, a big club dude i mean like you know clubs and all that stuff was never really i was going but it was never kind of like this joy of of oh my god like i had you know epic nights obviously like anybody uh but uh you know like so i think that the the hidden gems uh uh in in europe Mm -hmm. it's kind of like east eastern europe which never nobody actually kind of like is it's not on the radar really i totally agree with you i love eastern europe Eastern Europe is like, you know, like, hey, man, it's like, where are you staying? I don't have a place. Come stay with me. You know, like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm stealing this joke from this comedian I heard, like, in, in Sweden, for example, like, you know, like, uh, hi, where are you staying? I don't have a place. Well, <laughs> good luck, man. It's like, and if you know me for like two weeks, I, perhaps I will tell you my name. Uh, it's like hitting these things. I mean, it's kind of like almost goes to the city opens up for you mm-hmm. if you come on Thursday differently than when you come on Friday. So there's really no, it's nonsense. I mean, like for me, some of the best times I had in, uh, in Hong Kong, I mean, of all of the places, Singapore, you know, like a couple of nights in Singapore were incredible. I mean, just incredible. Amsterdam is high up. I mean, really, it just, uh, there are these places where you don't need friends don't need yeah. anybody. And Amsterdam is really kind of like one of those places. And there are places where you really need a friend, you know, to, to yeah. kind of guide you, you know, like to, <laughs> to go, because it's just so confusing, you know. Uh, Bali has a, has a pretty, pretty, I think, decent uh, uh, nightlife with a lot of parties, with a lot of, uh, you know, like house parties, which, you know, are kind of hard to get into 
uh, when you just arrive, you know, it, mm-hmm. it just, unless you meet somebody and you hit it off and like, yeah, there's a party, come over. I think Eastern Europe is, is uh, uh, kind of undiscovered. You know, my city, which I really, I'm not a big fan of, of, of Belgrade, but, you know, it's a night on the river, you know, like you have this, you know, like kind of like Pontonikai type, great music, you know, like super pretty girls, uh, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, very open, uh, you know, very, very kind of like, I don't know, like everybody are inviting you their shots and this and that. It's just, it, it is incredible. You know, like I had a, a couple of days ago, Indian friend of mine who is dating girl from Serbia, he was telling me like he had this incredible nights, you know, like as an Indian dude, he's there, he was like telling to me, I was the only brown guy there. I mean, of course, <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. Like, and he's very kind of like receptive. He's like Americanized, you know, like uh, Indian dude. Okay. And it, it, it's just, you know, like, it was a party, you know, like he's naturally that, that guy, you know? So, uh, yeah. when it comes to nightlife, I, I think really like every place has something to offer, but for truly unique experiences, I feel is you need friends. You need friends mm-hmm. who are from there because I mean, it's really hard to, you can hit these big, massive places that everybody goes to and they're amazing. But, uh, uh for those truly unique experiences, you need friends. I, I feel that. And, and then you're kind of like, you know, making having one friend is especially in eastern europe i mean if somebody brings somebody from the outside immediately he's the best friend of everybody like you're immediately <laughs> no questions asked like there's no you know calculating this that like you get you i mean if you get home you know on all fours you know that's uh <laughs> you you have made it you know but uh so so, so eastern europe is is i feel something that that is a little bit left field i mean like uh yeah but it could be incredible. Uh, I've, I've absolutely had some of my best nights out in Eastern Europe between Poland and Hungary. Uh, just amazing times and just getting in at like 6 a.m. And Oh, yeah. I don't know. I that, mean, uh, getting out of Poland, you know, like, you know, not blind, you know, like is, uh, is, uh, is a <laughs> plus, really. I mean, you just did drinking a lot, you know, like, I mean, everybody drinks a lot. I mean, everybody drinks a lot. Everybody barbecues, everybody drinks a lot. It's the same. <laughs> We're really, you know. I love that. Yeah, you know, and so this is also something, though, that we, we have to ask that's a little bit more specific. And actually, look, there's two questions here. So this, this first one is, is new to the Cotta Brothers Travel Club, and it's because you are a very special case. You have your own boat. You, uh, If I remember correctly, people will uh, uh, charter that boat and you take them around to different places. That's, is that correct? Well, uh, it's my wife's boat. Yeah. She built a, she built a boat. Uh, uh, yes. People are chartering this boat. Uh, she was, uh, I was one of the, the people because I was, I was, I, I met her through photographing that stuff. Okay. I went, I went on that boat kind of like, uh, just after I went on the six cabin boat, which is also very, very, very nice boat. Uh-huh. And then when she said that she's building a, I think that's a hundred foot boat, but with one cabin. So, what? you know, private. Yeah, yeah it's a hundred wow. foot. Uh, I think that's 30 meters. I think if I'm correct, 60 meters is 200 feet. So, so approximately like, you know, I, I, I don't know, it's 30 meters. So you, you, you that's know, amazing. people can yeah. translate. So there's a lot uh, enough space. Um, so she built it and everybody told her that she's out of her freaking mind. Like, who, I mean, who are the customers for this? How it is the most successful boat in Indonesia period. 
I really? think they brought some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, wow. What is it? What's the name of it so that people can can look it up when COVID? The done? name is the name is Alexa Private Cruises. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, she built another one uh, in Greece, which is even bigger, also on one cabin. So that boat now is in Greece, and we are we are going to transfer that boat to Maldives, I think. Oh wow! And then it's gonna be it's gonna come from Maldives, it's gonna have a season there, and go to uh, go to Indonesia, I feel. And then it's it's just a question of like. Uh, the positioning will be, I don't know, like is either Indonesia or it's going to be in Thailand uh, going to Burma. Uh, so okay. I'm rooting for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love Burma. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, she took a massive risk and, and, it, uh, and it worked out. It's, it's amazing. I mean, like... Uh, That's awesome. Well, okay, yeah, so, yeah. so I'll, I'll put a hold on, on the question that I was originally going to ask because what sure. I want to know it now is that what, what is it like to to run and manage basically a travel experience? Well, I don't know because <laughs> I have nothing to do with that. But I will, I will tell you, I, I know the people, look, I mean, she has people who are working on, on this. Uh, okay, the way it works, somebody sends a request, mm-hmm. uh, the, then the person who is taking care of, of, of this thing, which is now my stepson, uh, uh, he will take this order and uh, essentially, there is kind of like correspondence where you want to go. These are our things, uh, uh-huh. you know, like this is what we can offer you. Essentially, the good thing about this particular boat is that you are the boss. I mean, you yeah. decide where you want to go, unless, of course, it's very dangerous, mm-hmm. which Indonesia is really not. I mean, like you just, you know, like your uh, safety is number one priority. These are the people who are coming here to relax and, and then dive. I mean, it, it's a massively uh, diving thing. The boat is located in uh, Komodo, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like it, it goes to Raja Pat, which is just above Australia and below uh, Papua, which is one of the best places on the planet to dive. I mean, it just, uh, it's a super famous place. That so they will take they will take their needs because there is a private chef who is cooking for you. There is a, a, a dive master and a cruise director, so he's the liaison between all these people. And then you have this Indonesian crew that is that is together for about six years. I mean wow. that is just unheard of. I mean these these guys are sweethearts and, and incredible. I mean the captain. This boat was refitted from a, a cargo ship. Okay. And the captain was a captain on that cargo ship. So when he saw this boat being transformed into what it is now, I mean, this guy is, I don't know. I, 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 I always tell this story. I was trying to wake up earlier than him and I'm a photographer. So uh-huh. I'm waking up you know, when it's dark. So couldn't do it. There's no way. I mean, <laughs> and then one day, man, one day I'm up on the deck and I'm like, I beat him. I, I, I beat it. And then I hear this tuck, 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 tuck. I go over, overboard and I see him. He's painting the boat 437 in the morning. I'm like, dude, I mean, like, what the, f-? I mean, like, this is, I mean, so, so he adores this boat. He's man of few words, but man, I mean, like, you know, complete knowledge of that area he is the best captain on the planet i i, I feel you know for that particular area I, uh, yeah yes. you know like all of these guys are absolutely there to make your stay 
incredible. It is just a very special thing because I mean, now, I mean, these, you know, private chef and, and cruise directors, they're, they're our friends, you know, they're, they're right. family, really. I don't know. Like, I mean, I would feel really bad if they're not having dinner with us, you know, like you just, sure. uh, it's just, you want to share this experience with, uh, with, with everybody. You know, I, I insist that, you know, like the chef goes to dive dives with us and it's just, you want to create this atmosphere, you know, like, I don't know, we're friends, you know, so, uh, I love it. It's it's a very cool it's a very cool feeling, definitely. That is so amazing! Wow, I mean, I, I don't think we've ever met or talked to anybody that has a, a life like that or has experiences like that because it's really really exceptional to uh, to get to learn more from from someone like you and and, and the experiences that you've had. Now, I, I actually I, I want to move on to uh, one of the other pillars, and we might come back to uh, some of the stuff that we've been talking about before, but. Sure. What I, what I wanted to get into is some of the stuff that you've been photographing because I, I was, I've been looking through your Instagram and I want you to uh, tell the audience what your, uh, what your Instagram handle is and everything so they can go and follow you because it's absolutely incredible, uh, the work that you do. I, I noticed that a lot of what you've been photographing lately or posting lately is from India. And as, yeah. we, as we speak about the, the cultural aspect of travel and everything like that, a lot of people have very moving experiences in, in India. And so I was wondering, what was it like for you there? And was it powerful to uh, work with some of the subjects that you have photographs of? Yeah, I- India was a, was a funny trip. My, my wife was pregnant, right? And uh, <laughs> she literally kind of like told me, get the, f- I mean, out of the house. And uh, I didn't know where to go. Like, she's like, look, look, I mean, it's going to be kind of like a couple of months. There's this period. We're in Moscow. My mom is here. Everybody, like her friends and all that, out. And I was like, well, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. <laughs> India was like one of the places. And she was like, yeah, there's this camel festival. You should go there. And I was like, okay. Uh, that is how I got to India. Uh, and really, like, you know, my wife pushed me. Did not plan at all, you know, like the trip and, and all that. So, um India was, was, I mean, India is so massive that mm-hmm. I spent uh, probably, what, three weeks, you know, like, and I, I went specifically to photograph this, uh, this uh, camel fair that, that, that mm. is happening in Pushkar every, every year. I mean, it is incredible. And then on top of that, when you have something to point camera at, I'm, 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 I'm super happy, you know, like, I'm, you know, and that is kind of like, you really, as a photographer, there are places that you just can't miss. It's like, yeah. you can, yeah, Stevie Wonder will get three photographs. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it just does not matter where you point. How, you just need to kind of like be semi-correct with, uh, with your settings and you're great. So that's like kind of average and bad photographers. If you're any good, then you get, you know, like shots that are really kind of like really thought through and then like, mm-hmm. and not, you're not thinking about it, you're just reacting because you're, kind of like a machine you know like i mean mm-hmm. you're just kind of feeling going and and shooting i i don't know like i don't know anything about cameras really it's just i i know three things and that's what i do and that's how i'm doing it you know like I mean, you don't yeah. need to know much more and of course i mean you accumulate the knowledge you accumulate all these experiences and all of that goes into making that photo i mean it's just not that photo that photo started 15 years ago yeah. so well, can you can you tell the audience how they can find your your art and your prints and and uh, your Instagram? 
Oh, sure. Uh, well, there are two Instagram pages. One is Nikola Kostic uh, underscore uh, Prince and N-I-K-O-L-A-K-O-S-T-I-C underscore Prince. And another one is Bali Art Prince, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, the, the, these are two handles. I am really late on Instagram. I kind of like started maybe aggressively six, eight months ago, which is just stupid. Wow. But... <laughs> You know, like, I mean, I, I was just like, I, I, I was busy, man. I mean, like, just like, I don't care about Instagram at all. But now I do because, I mean, it's a great connector. It's, it's a fantastic place. And it's really kind of like, it is catering to, to photographers. I mean, mm-hmm. like, if you're any good, you'll kind of, you know, connect and all of that. And then you have, Instagram is now a business tool, really. Uh, yeah, totally. that's, that's what it became, you know. Like, I mean, 10 years ago, when you're like, Instagram's like, that's for kids no longer that is for kids, you know, like it's just, uh, you know, you can see a lot of, you know, selfies, a lot of butts, a lot of this and that, but I mean, if you're looking for something, you will find it. You will yeah. definitely find it. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been great. I mean, it's been connector. It's been, I mean, all, this podcast that I have, uh, all of the photographers I found there, you know, like, yeah. and, and it's just kind of like, it's, it's been a lot of fun. My yeah. wife freaking hates it because, I am spending way too much time on it. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and it is, it is very much a part of, of our culture being as the, as the pillar that we're, uh, we're on right now. Before we move on from that, uh, my brother wants to ask one more question, kind of again, asking you uh, one of these very difficult questions about where would you send somebody? (laughs) Where would you recommend? So uh, of the places you've been, is there a monument, a historical site that you feel like everyone needs to see? Uh, at some point in their life? Oh, man. Uh, I, I think th- it's a good question uh, because I, I tend to move away from historical sites because they're usually, Jesus Christ, I mean, like, you know, like, okay, so this line is 47 kilometers long. <laughs> if I stay here for like three days, but yeah. here's what happened. I think that the Rome that is the site there's not one site the 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 city of rome is the monument you know it's Mm -hmm. it's uh i don't believe that nobody lives in rome i mean like i think that they're they're all fake people (laughs) it's like i mean it it is one of those cities where you're not i i am bothered with these masses and crowds and all that but i feel that the rome would be if we're talking about the cities would be one place to see in europe uh, because mm-hmm. it's just special, you know, when you're kind of like going through the city, I mean, there's like the mind wanders, you know, like all these monuments and Colosseum, which I never, I've never walked into a Colosseum. Like you can, but it was mm-hmm. enough for me to kind of like just see it there. And you're like, mine goes to 40,000 people, people eat, eaten by lions, zebra. Like it just, right. it was a complete mayhem, you know? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. That would be one place to to kind of like that is for me culturally above the rest so far. Okay, I mean, it's it's re, it's really special, you know. Like, uh, the, the, but I mean, I'm talking city of Rome, not particular site. I mean, I had an yeah. incredible, incredible thing happen to me. We were in Paris. It's like six p.m. You know, like, and there is Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, and. I'm like, no freaking way. I have no interest in going to yet another church. Uh, And there's like, the line is, Jesus Christ. I mean, like, this is ridiculous. I mean, I'm never going to go in. However, 
next morning, I was up 5.30. I was photographing. They opened up the church and I was alone there. Like I was literally oh, wow. alone in, in this place. And then the people who are religious, they're praying, they're coming in slowly. So very different feeling. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's a very, and, and you know, people have different, you know, like judging how somebody's traveling is the worst thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. So I don't, but there was that kind of like really beautiful, amazing, really special. It was just mine for 20 minutes. I was there, let's say. That's just you're walking around there are people praying it's just you know like it's very very uh it's incredible incredible experience and then i walked out i walked out and i see a woman walking a rabbit on her shoulder like in (laughs) in the middle of her you're just like you know i was i I was following her she goes to cafe there's a rabbit freaking rabbit on her shoulder she's drinking coffee i'm like this is this this is this is really surreal i mean this is just what a crazy day (laughs) and 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 that was like before 7 30 a.m you know like it's just like my day is done i mean like you know this is like jesus christ i mean this is incredible so you, you see the weirdos, you know, I mean, there was, I, I remember in, on that same day, actually, I'm, I'm walking home and there's a homeless guy. He has a chair, his, his pants and everything is like neatly folded. He's covered completely. There is a, there's a, I think there was a Coca-Cola can and there's a flower. So he had this little kind of like, uh, almost like a living room yeah. in, in the city. I mean, like the homeless guy. And it was like in one of those scenes that you're like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I was like, not to them alone. Then there's a rabbit. And then there's this guy. You know, like, <laughs> the, the guy, it's like, you know, like, obviously, I don't know. It's, it's, it was a weird, it was a weird morning. It was a definitely a weird morning. I, I think what's so interesting, and I, I, it, it is clear to me as we hear these stories that you're a photographer because it, it, your, your memory is of these sort of moments that are abstract. You're capturing these things as much in your camera or as much in your mind as you are in your camera, which I think is such a beautiful thing about the way that you tell about your adventures. That, that's, that's exceptional. Yeah, I'm telling people like, what, what, is the, what is the purpose of traveling when you don't have a camera? It's like, to see <laughs> stuff? Like, what are you talking about? I don't know, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know, like, uh, it, I mean, when you're purposely going to photograph, your 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 senses are a little bit heightened, you know, like yeah. and, and all that. And then I have a vivid imagination. That, that's that's just the person that I am. So that 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 whole thing kind of packages into who I am. Uh, so 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 that's it's that simple, really, you know. Uh, well, I, I think it's I think it's cool because I feel like sometimes people will shame travelers that are too much on their on their camera or on their phone. But at the same time, you can see the benefit of looking at everything as it would be in a, in a photograph, because then you're really thinking about what the scene is, what captures. So I think there's obviously a, a happy medium, a balance, but it's very interesting because it, there is a skill that you develop as you look through things through a viewfinder. Look, I mean, there is no doubt that you see more when you're photographing. You're just, mm-hmm. just by default. I mean, just, you know, like if you're like selfieing yourself and all of that. Yeah. Like, look, I, I was shaming people. I like, oh my God, these buses, like, ugh, that's disgusting. 
yeah, man, you travel the way you can. And then like the life unfolds. I mean, like spend, like what, what does that have to do with you? Like how somebody's traveling? Some people can't. Some people like to be on the organized tour. My parents would never do this. I mean, they like their mm-hmm. bus and uh, there's a guide and they tell them things and that's great. But I mean, photographers definitely uh, uh, tend to see, they, they, we seek more. Well, you know, and so I want to move on because you're—it's a perfect segue. You've—you've you've always you've been segueing us into our next uh, uh, pillar every every step of the way. So so let me ask you about this, and and we're gonna go back to the the boats that that your wife owns. I'll be, sure. I'll be specific, and and as we move into the nature pillar and the outdoors, which is is right now I think is everybody's favorite pillar because it's not like we can do anything else, but. We're escaping to the outdoors to get away from COVID. And to, sure. to expand on that escape idea, can you tell us one of your favorite places you've ever been that is only accessible by boat? Oh, man. Um, well, I mean, look, uh, there is a specific moment in life that, that happened and it's uh, it's a volcano on the northern part of uh, of Flores there is this volcano called Comba and Comba erupts every 15 to 20 minutes like there is an er- er- eruption so it's like it's just constant consistent so we were on this trip uh, that took two two weeks and we were literally kind of like there was a customer that was coming right after us on the boat. And we were kind of like checking out the route, really. Okay. So I wouldn't call this work, but it kind of like was. <laughs> uh, which is like, you know, we're looking for the beaches and diving here and there. But it's like really kind of really just like ridiculous premise. Uh, so, so we were kind of like checking out this route. And, and on that route is this volcano. So essentially, as you are approaching this volcano, you're kind of like seeing this kind of like dome of volcano and little farts <laughs> that are kind of like, you know, like going out in, in the distance, you know? And then as you're approaching and approaching and approaching, and we, we got really close. I mean, like, uh, I'm talking like 300 feet from, from the volcano. Wow. You know, and uh, and this uh, the guy, the guy who was at that time working for for Alexa Peter, who was a chef, he was like, okay, it's gonna explode twelve forty six. You know, so we had kind of like a pool going, you know, like you know, like we're betting. He was right three times in a row. I'm talking about the minute. So twelve forty six, boom. One fifteen, boom. Uh, you know, like three forty, boom. And then he retired. He was like, dude, I mean, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so, uh, so, so what happened there was uh, Nico, who was dive master and myself, we went diving under, under this volcano. And I, I, I don't know how to describe this thing. Like, you, know, you had these moments in life when you're kind of like, okay, I mean, my life will never be better than this. It's just, this is one of those moments where you just kind of like, if I die now, I'm probably going to miss out on something, but I'm just going to die happy. (laughs) So we went diving and we went kind of like, it's a, it's, it's a decent dive, let's say, but then on, on probably as descending and you have to stay like, you know, on these three, four meters, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, adept to decompress, it exploded again. So you are watching this thing 
and you just see this mushroom cloud coming up and you're like, what, like, I, I don't know how to describe this feeling, you know? The story doesn't end. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that afternoon, you know, like, and we had, that, that is the food that we're talking about. The chef is Hungarian. He, he made goulash. Okay. And we had Hungarian, like, this is my heart on the plate. And everybody are just, you know, the whole crew. And we're all just like kids, you know, like there's like eight people who are sharing this experience. And everybody are seeing this for the first time. Then at night, we went a couple of bottles of, of wine. Uh, Nico is with us, the, 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 the dive master, and then Peter, who is a chef. We're you know, downing these bottles. My wife is like, look, I want to hug a volcano. We're like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. So, dingy, she goes out, and I have a photograph of her hugging the volcano, which is, <laughs> in retrospect, pretty stupid thing to do. <laughs> She hugs it, she goes back. And then as we're kind of like getting like a little bit, you know, like tipsy, not drunk because I mean, you just don't want to, everything changes from this beautiful day. Everything is good. The ocean starts freaking out. Uh, like we just got caught. So now we're going on a dinghy to the, to the boat. And it's really like when you're trying to get on the boat uh, with this dinghy that goes up and down and up mm -hmm. and down, it's, it's, it's a little bit crazy. And mind you, we would never have done this with anybody else. This was the mm -hmm. owner and blah, blah. The, right. the, the guests can see it from afar. It's like, you know, there the are risks that you just don't take with the guests. We, I mean, we just barely got in. We're trying to, to leave. And we realized that uh, our anchor is stuck. So Nico oh takes off his clothes, all of that. And he goes down. I think it was like 200 feet. Nico is unbelievably competent diver. So he goes down, he untangles this thing. And it's like, you know, it's not a good feeling because it's getting dark. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's insane, man. I mean, like, you know, like we're all nervous, you know, like, and then you just hear this click, 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 click. And it goes up like, thank God. So now we have to wait for him because he needs to compress to, to go all the way down. He goes out. Everything is great. All of that. <laughs> Literally. All of us, we fell on these beds. Somebody played Pulp Fiction, the, 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 music? the, the soundtrack. No, this, this whole thing, the soundtrack. It's like, da, da, da. It's the whole, the whole thing, like I think 12, 12 songs. Nobody spoke for, I think, two hours. We were just kind of like, what the hell happened, man? I mean, this was the best day ever, you know? I didn't even know that the combat existed six years ago. Like, mm -hmm. just didn't know that that, that that was there. So so how can you aspire to, to, to a place like this when you don't know that it's there? Right. So, so you know, like, it's, it's, a, it's a really a lot of luck to... A lot of things had to kind of, like, come into place for me to experience this. Just yeah. So many things, you know. So that's one of the places <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that is accessible only by boat. Uh, there's no way to, to get there without one because it's a, it's a, it's a, a volcano probably 50 nautical miles north of uh, Komba. Wow. That is, yeah. that <laughs> is amazing. I, I, love what you, I love what you say about taking a little bit of luck. I mean, that, that really embodies the idea of giving yourself up to adventure, to travel, 
and just finding something new. Uh, we, we talk about that, I think, almost every, every time with every guest. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's in one city or it's on a, a, a year-long, two-year-long trip. There's just a part of you has to give yourself up to what the adventure is going to bring. And uh, I don't think anybody embodies that better than swimming under a volcano, hugging a volcano. I mean, that's, that is just uh, amazing. It's, yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, it's, that, that's 18 hours of my life, you know? I mean, it's yeah. like, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's just insane. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you got to let, let go. I mean, I, either, you know, like I love when people are talking about, uh, I'm, I don't like the beaten track and they're in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Dude, I mean, there's a book like this in Amsterdam. Yeah. Try to find a place that is not beaten. <laughs> I mean, you know, but then right. you, you have these little gems that in, even in the cities, you have these little gems of little corner, little this, yeah. let alone in, you know, Indonesia that has, I don't know, 20,000 islands I mean, or 10,000 islands. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much all unbeaten. I yeah. Mean, you know, you know it's... But even, even then, I mean, what, what we were talking about earlier about it being less about the, the place itself or how great the restaurant is or how good the, the nightlife is and really being about the people you're with or that moment that you're in. You could be at, uh, you could be at Notre Dame alone, one of the most popular places, but you were alone and it is a memory that you will always have. You saw a rabbit on a guy's shoulder, a woman's shoulder after you came. Like, like it's, a, it's one of those popular places that's not, a, not off the beaten path, but it was a off the beaten path experience. And I think that that's, that's it. Important. 100%. Oh, I mean, all you need to do in the cities to have this experience is get up five o'clock in the morning. That's, there you go. that's in every city. <laughs> in I every mean, city, it's I mean, true. I, th- I agree. It's just, yeah. you know, the, oh, I mean, obviously you're not going to get up five o'clock in some, you know, place that is kind of like dodgy uh, because, <laughs> you know, like, but the world is much, much safer place than, than people give it credit to. I mean, like, I don't know anybody who travels extensively is, and is talking about people at their bed. They're talking mm-hmm. about That's the experiences true. as horrible. Everybody is saying the same thing. It's say it's much safer. People are super nice, all that. You're right. When we talk to people that have traveled across the world, they 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 don't have bad things to say about other people. That's a that's no. an amazing point. I, I no. love that. It's never it's never these people were like this is like a mean group of people. It was always the they were the nicest people in this yeah. country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're open yeah. to it. You always yeah. feel that way. That's amazing. No, I heard this greatest TED talk ever. I think there's this Croatian guy, right? So he goes from Croatia to Australia. And he's like, as I was leaving Croatia, Croatians told me about Serbs. They're horrible. I mean, this is just, you know, like you will die. Came to Serbia, the best people ever. You know, yeah. like, ne- next country, Romania. Serbia is cool, but Romania, they're horrible. Like you will die. The best people ever, you know, like, and it was like the whole thing. The country, the neighboring country will talk shit about the neighboring country. Yeah. And that's it. Once you leave it, it's like, the best people. and it's just, it's not, it's just not true. It's just not true, especially for Asia, man. I mean, Asia is, I think, overall super safe. Uh, the people are super nice. Uh, it's just the, cult, the culture is, is, is uh, you know, Hindu, the, the Buddhist. The, like, people are asking me, like, when I was in Nepal, photographing sadhus. Like, weren't you scared? No, dude, they're high. They're smoking <laughs> weed the whole day. I mean, like, they left the society. I mean, it's like they paid themselves. Some, but, dude, I mean, there's nothing. 
<laughs> like Kathmandu is like it's awesome. I mean, it's just amazing. That's, that's amazing. So, so it's like uh, you know, like you can't really you know, you go to a Buddhist countries like are they you know like violent? Dude, they're Buddhists. <laughs> they kill a fly. They they like just what are you talking about? Common sense, man. Just like turn it on. So uh, that's awesome. I, th- I think it's much much safer place than the, than we think, and it, and then it gets really violent in mm-hmm. certain places. I mean, uh, you're not gonna that. go to freaking I don't know. I'm just naming a country like you're not gonna go to Syria now, right? Right. You know, I mean, you're just not yeah. gonna do that. I mean, I wish I could, and I wish I could help uh, uh, more. And 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 you know, like you're seeing this, you know, refugees and all, and people are kind of like, oh, they're coming to our country, dude. It's a war in their place. What yeah. do you expect them to do? I mean, like have three kids and be killed? Like, yeah. Like, what the? F- I mean, what would you do? If yeah. your kid is crying and, and hungry and like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, like ah, these people are luring out of the country. Go fuck yourself. That's that, that's very powerful. Uh, you know, I I think that it's funny that you talk about again as we talk about our interactions with other people and 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 what we do before we before we leave. I want to also give a shout out to your uh, your YouTube uh, channel and to your your podcast. Can you tell us? Just quickly, uh, a little bit about that and how to find that because those are also great shows as well. Thank you. Uh, well, you just type Nikola Kostic, my name, and okay. it will pop out. Uh, N-I-K-O-L-A-K-O-S-T-I-C. That's that's the name. Uh, okay. uh, podcast actually started as kind of like I wanted to talk to photographers. I had the couple of really interesting guys like Darren Jew, who has a Netflix show, uh, 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 Tales by Light, an amazing underwater photographer, Tonga experiences, great white sharks, uh, humpback whales, and all that stuff. I talked to Trevor Cole, who's incredible uh, a photographer, lived on four continents, uh, was a geographer before, geography professor, turned mm. professional photographer, so Sudan, like oh, wow. crazy stories. Uh, Sebastian Belaustegi, who is incredible dude. I mean, like, you know, the South American, super passionate, uh, crazy, but uh, I love him. I, I just adore that man documentary photographer you know like and then i I started kind of like i talked to my sister who is a modern dance uh, modern dance uh, choreographer so so i'm still finding my footing in this thing because it takes a lot of time to to produce one show sure kind of like a mixture of uh i think interesting people i don't edit anything it's long it's like you know some shows are two hours long yeah so who is interested great you know like who is not is not and uh, but that's how i do it and i think that i'm gonna kind of like you know now I, i'm gonna kill it you know like in in, in a way I, i'm just gonna introduce the people show 30 photographs and then we just talk uh that's you know, great you can you can find the person anywhere you know like if you're interested in, the, in their work i don't need to kind of like and then i raised a cup of coffee for <laughs> photograph a cup of coffee like i went crazy <laughs> a little bit i mean which makes the show great but it, it just it's just not feasible for me to to uh, spend you know, four days of my life on, on one podcast. It's just, you know, right. like, um, I would like to talk to more people. Amazing. Well, this has been so fantastic and you obviously have a ton more experiences. So we're probably going to be calling you again to get you on another awesome. show. Uh, we had, we had an amazing time and I, I, I want to, I want to encourage our audience to really check out, 
uh, the podcast, the show on, on YouTube. It's been really special to talk with you and, and we hope you'll uh, come back on the show. Uh, you're obviously invited anytime. So we welcome you to the Travel Club. Nicola, thank you so much. This has been great. This was amazing. And I mean, you, you guys are super nice and uh, I mean, it's been a amazing experiences. And yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do this again. And you know, anytime, give me a buzz and uh, I'll hop on. Thank you so awesome. much. See you soon. Thank you so much, Nicola. We truly mean it when we say you can come back on the show anytime. We know you have a ton more stories to share. So definitely let's schedule something again. Uh, we'd love to just talk to you. We'd love to meet with you in person. We can't wait to actually get out to Bali, the coolest name in the travel destination game. Um, yeah, I mean, that was great. You know, one of the things that resonated with me was the way that he talked about meeting new people uh, whenever he was traveling or the way that people are receptive to adventurers. That's so important. I mean, that, like we said in the interview, that is one of the main reasons that we started this uh, podcast was to demonstrate this connectivity, this network of people across the world uh, because a lot of the, uh, the, the interviews that we do are either through uh, introductions or that we're meeting them on social media and people are just so warm and welcoming, want to talk about adventures, want to talk about their favorite destinations. And when you are an adventurer, I think that you realize that people are a lot kinder, a lot nicer, a lot more hospitable than, than you think in your head. Uh, Nicola had a great uh, story about how people are just talking shit about other countries in the region and, and saying that those people are terrible. And then when you get there, the nicest people in the world. So there's always conflicts, there's always disagreements out there, but um, what I love is that for every wide adventurer that we've talked to, they have the same thing to say. Super welcoming all over the world, having incredible experiences, meeting new people. I mean, it's really special. That That's the whole point of the Cotta Brothers Travel Club. What about you, Brennan? What, what did you think about the, the interview and talk with Nicola? I just think it's so cool that he is so essentially like, he is the essence of an adventurer and he's found a way through his photography, through uh, his, his wife's boat building or shipbuilding, um, to turn those into opportunities for them to explore the world. And um, just as a shout out, anyone who's interested in luxury travel, luxury cruises, um, definitely check out Alexa Private Cruises because it sounds like an absolutely incredible experience with the crew that he made it sound like they were family. And mm -hmm. I think that it sounds unbelievable. And I hope that at some point when we go out to Bali, when we are uh, able to afford luxury travel, that we get a chance to check out Alexa, Alexa private cruises. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that's a good shout out. And uh, uh, to close, I want to also give a huge shout out again to Nicola. Make sure that you check out all of his, uh, his media outlets. He is on YouTube with a really dope podcast. Let's talk. Uh, just search on YouTube, Nicola Kostic. K-O-S-T-I-C. Um, so really easy to find. Also check him out on, uh, on Instagram, uh, Nikola Kostic uh, underscore Prince or Bali Art Prince. Uh, those are two of his Instagram accounts. You can see all of his photography. You can hear him talk to some amazing photographers and uh, other artists in the world. Um, just an all around awesome guy. So once again, last time, thank you so much, Nicola. We hope we talk to you soon. We hope that we see you in real life as soon as possible. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in for another episode of the Cotta Brothers Travel Club. A sincere happy holidays from uh, Brendan and me. We hope we see you in 2021 and we get back out there on the road and start traveling again.
Thanks for listening to the Cotta Brothers Travel Club. This is a good chance to let you all know that we have a website. Go to cottabrotherstravelclub.com to find our city guides, travel essays, and the best way to contact us directly. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Look for Cotta Bros underscore Travel Club. We want to keep building this community of explorers. So please hit us up on social media or on our website so you can share your adventures and stories from around the world. Finally, we know these are challenging times. This podcast was our outlet for self-expression, and we appreciate our listeners, friends, and family that are helping us to make it possible. However, if you are ever feeling sad, isolated, or even displaced, please reach out to us. Even the most experienced traveler gets lost sometimes and needs some help to find their way. We hope you'll tune in next time, and most importantly, welcome to the club.